everyone, this is Belgarian and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction, chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgarian series of books by David Eddings. Welcome to season three, episode 25. This season, we're reading book three, Magician's Gambit. And today we're diving into chapter 24. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I am an author and an artist. I write magical realism and real magic. And I am Alicia Seymour, fantasy author, and I write uh, dark fantasy stories that explore the magic and the wonder of life, <laughs> of reality, <laughs> in other fantasy worlds. <laughs> well, you know, some might say this world that we think is real is actually a fantasy world. Though yes. I would be one of those people, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. Welcome to the show, everybody. As you were introducing and you're saying Bulgaria, it just hit my mind that I was sharing um, this morning with somebody about the Bulgaria books. And they said they had never heard of Bulgaria, but they said Bulgaria, that word, like, what does it mean? And at first I was like, I like blanked out. I'm like, do I know what Bulgaria means? Do did I miss, am I forgetting? Am I just completely having a brain fart? No. What Bulgaria no. means? <laughs> well, Belgarian. It's the Belgarian. It's just the name of the series. He's, so he's supposed to be like the Belgarian. The saga is the yes. Belgarian, I'd say. Okay. That's that's my assumption. Okay. You haven't missed I just anything. wanted to make sure I didn't. I no, didn't. No. You haven't missed anything. Okay. Did you like this cool. week's chapter? Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Magic heavy, which is always good. Are you I have okay? A little bit of headache. Oh. I just have a little headache, so I'm keeping my head cool with my hand. Oh baby, you didn't say. We just had that huge that. T- huge we just recorded a huge before the show episode. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's just stuff I'm clearing out in the middle. Because. Do you need some water or a panadol? I have water. Okay. I okay. just took um, ibuprofen and yeah. All it, right. that stuff doesn't even work anymore. I mean, oh dear. <laughs> it'll be okay. It's not that okay. bad. All right. So uh, if you need to fill up your water, you let me know. Okay. Okay. So Maybe we just dive straight into Poco's cup. Mm-hmm. What's in your cup this yep. week? My cup uh, is an orange spice latte. And it's been really cool weather. Like the weather's been cooler here. And so I've been out in the backyard pulling weeds because it's also the time of year that weeds just take over. And we have a pretty big yard. So it's really, I'm the, really the only one that does it. So it's already gotten out of control and I'm trying to get it under control so that I can just manage it and not have to do these big, you know, sessions of pulling weeds. But it's actually, I've been really enjoying it because I love pulling and the fresh, they just pull right out right now because the ground's moist. Usually oh, it's very nice. dry. That's fun. So I love pulling and seeing like the fresh dirt come up yeah. and just move it around. And I love that smell. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually have been enjoying that. And I've also been really connecting with, and it's funny, I wrote this before I shared my story with you this morning, but I've been really valuing friendships this week. Yeah. Um, My friend of over 15 years, her and I, our birthdays are a week apart. And um, so I got, I just got creative with a gift to put together for her and I dropped it at her house. She wasn't there. She didn't know. And then I got a text from her just she was just so excited and it just made me feel like all warm inside it sounds cheesy just to see how joyful she was you know yeah. and just like those little connections I'm feeling more and more um, like like wanting more of that yeah with people yeah and so I've also been feeling really connected to nature so I've been doing walks on the trails more Mm-hmm. and um, it's funny 
you know, people are, are noticing, like, usually I walk and nobody says anything to me. And now suddenly I'm walking, people are like, hi, good morning, hi, and smiling. And some people yeah. are even actually stopping me to talk. So <laughs> it's very fun to see um, this inner work I'm doing is translating that out. And people are seeing, they're feeling my energy is different. So yeah. they're actually like, oh, she's someone could be approachable. Yeah. So oh, that's so wonderful. That's, that's kind of just been you know what I've been doing I also finished the seed of the soul book uh-huh um that I talked about last week and I I feel like that that is all just absorbing into me too which is a big uh a big influence for all of this other stuff okay okay it's really cool I haven't read seed of the souls I have I know I know his work and I've read some of his other stuff but I don't think I've read seed of the soul it's very interesting. He gets really deep into um, the five sensory person versus the multi-sensory person. Oh, I love and that. How, yeah, how majority of people are five sensory. That's the way they live their life. Uh-huh. But there's this whole new, and he wrote this book in like the 80s or something. Yeah, it's a really, um, it's quite an old book. Yeah, but he revamped it, republished it in 2014 or something like okay. that. So it has some new touches to it but even back then he was saying there's this whole new group of people evolve like we're all evolving mm-hmm. some faster than others into multi-sensory meaning mm-hmm. the awareness the consciousness yeah and the more you use the multi-senses the higher your consciousness gets he also talks about death and uh, other lifetimes and the stuff so it's just really i just uh, had a thought as you said that, like I've I I tend to um, search for other ways to talk about energy than saying higher or lower. That's just me. And as you were saying that, and the conversation that we had earlier, it's a more expansive, a more open kind of yeah. energy <laughs> field. That feels right. That feels good. To, to talk yeah. about it that way it's true it does I, I that's what I'm feeling I don't feel like I'm going because that's how here. it feels exactly right it feels here. like it's not it's just expand. this way it's every way yeah it is every way yeah you know and the other big influence is the Dr. Joe Dispenza meditations that I've got mm-hmm. like are those still doing are what every day yeah. I do at least one. If I can do two, I do two. And different and that's different what's helping guidance. my energy. Yeah, they're different. I've already gotten four or five of them. Okay. You, to, you purchase them, but they're well, well worth it. And they're not high investments at all. It's like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for like an hour long meditation each time you purchase one. It's an hour of this transcending journey like Mm -hmm. and it is literally him he helps you get to a place where you expand your own energy where you Mm -hmm. are the light you become the light and you know sometimes you have to go through the same meditation many many times before you start to feel it yes and and, but I knew those ones were speaking to me because I have these little little tingles throughout Mm -hmm. them like oh there's something's happening so I keep doing them and now I'm getting to the point where I do them and I just feel it everywhere. Everything yeah. just comes alive. And oh, look at you. Like you are sparkling. Like when you, you just, <laughs> I see your, I, I, I see your shining. Oh, thank you. I mean, it really is just, I have to thank lots of different people for that, you know, and that what we do here too for it because. Yep. It's been all of it just that once. Now it's all lining up and it's just happening. Yep. Oh, that's very cool. Shall I talk about my cup now? Yeah. So into my cup, my potion is summer brewed honey mead. Really Mm. golden and glowing and like I can hold it up to the light and see the light shining through it. And it's like I've. I was looking at your notes. I'm like, I didn't write that. <laughs> oh, 
so like the snow we had all this amazing snow it was over my ankles it was like it was great I mean, it's all it's just about gone now we had a really hard day of thaw uh yesterday day before and now there's practically none left at all there's just like some ice and the some clumps of snow in the shadows and that's it um and and I promised myself that if my new walking shoes arrived today, because I ordered some walking shoes, if they arrived today, I would go for a walk. I didn't order them. Hanukkah ordered them for me. Uh She chose them. And because we went to get me a pair when she went to get a pair. And, of course, they didn't have my size because I'm an Amazon. So we have to order them. (laughs) So they arrived anyway, at just after three o'clock. I'm like, yep, okay, I'm going for a walk. It was a beautiful, beautiful afternoon. The sun was, you know, just that lovely wintry golden silver sun. So I just walked for a couple of kilometres to the end of um, my roads, like around the block to the big mm-hmm. open fields where the, there were some horses and, you know, where the farms are and, forest is just a little bit further so I'm I'm working my way towards the forest that's Mm -hmm. my goal so that the walks get longer and longer and longer and eventually I'm like walking in the forest and then coming home but my hip won't do that yet I can do two kilometers that's my limit at the moment but it was just so beautiful and I was walking along like in my big coat with my scarf and and just like had I was listening to a book and mm-hmm. smiling at the sky and I think I laughed out loud a few times. <laughs> it's just such a nice like oh and I felt so alive when I got home. It was wonderful. Mm. So yeah, so I'm just feeling like inspired and expanding and and did all new book covers for all of my my all of the books I'm writing have published and I have planned in all of my series my current series that I allow myself to see because there's a lot of them and that would just be like ah too much so I redesigned all of my book covers I think they're awesome today because I think they're awesome today but I'm going to ask about them later because tomorrow maybe I'll look at them and go, oh, my God, what was I thinking? (laughs) Oh, that is, that's what every good artist does, though. Every good (laughs) artist doubts the best work that they do and then look at, you know. Yeah. Like I was just sharing with Ed Sheeran how many times he must have doubted himself, but he still went out and stood on that street and sang. Yep. Somebody else believed in him, too. So, so. And I'm, and I'm almost at that point of not asking the question because I'm like, no, they're fucking really good covers. <laughs> so, yeah, but, they are. But I don't know. It'll be interesting, the message that I get. So maybe it'll be just a just smack you upside the head kind of message and get on with it, something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, but, the, but the doing yeah. it, like all of this, it's insp- I'm just so inspired. I feel so inspired. So I've been doing all this drawing. The drawings became book covers. Then I did some other kind of book covers and all of the characters in all of my series have kind of woken up again. And maybe it's like I think that I'm a seasonal writer. Like this is the time like the snow's melting, the thaw's coming, the earth's warming up, and I'm kind of going, oh, my God, you know, everything's kind of just peeking up over the edges of the oh my goodness that maybe that's maybe that's what's going on and that's why I'm so inspired at the moment that's interesting I would not disagree with that Sandra yeah (laughs) I will not disagree with myself (laughs) yeah that definitely could be there's a time of year for some authors, you know, like me, I get most wanting to write when it's like fall and autumn are starting to set. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It, you know, it's a different kind of writing that I want to do. 
or it's a different sensation that drives the writing of whatever it is I'm working on, like a different kind of fuel I need to give myself to get the right, get the momentum into the writing. That's probably more accurate. It's true. It depends on the type of story you're writing too. You know, what time, it would make sense that there'd be a time of year based on the kind of story you're writing. Like when, that, this makes sense. When I was writing of The Wonder Soul, which is um, the lighter standalone novel. So it's not as dark fantasy, it's lighter, mm -hmm. more magical realism kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. I did most of that writing in the springtime. Uh -huh. so it makes sense. Uh -huh. It makes sense. Whereas the Raven Dream stuff, I always want to write that stuff in the fall. It's really like <laughs> curl up with some more hot cold. chocolate and get into the dark places. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So that's what's in my cup. Sounds amazing. <laughs> What is Garen's view this week, darling? In this chapter, they're continuing towards uh, Raxel, mm -hmm. and Garen uh, has a moment to learn some new skills or, or magic, and he uses his mind with Ample to hide the group from the growing senses. Um, but while he's connected with Aunt Paul, he also witnesses Aunt Paul make a girl, a girl um, lose his mind. And uh, once all that settles down, um, they can see as the smoke from the volcano is clearing, they start to see the city, the image of the city towards the end is looking very ominous, mm -hmm. <laughs> unsettling, like, okay, this is where we're going. I would be scared. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's what happened this week. So I'm sorry, I was just distracted because I had a pop-up from Alicia Seymour, Magic in the Mouth. Oh. <laughs> that's Again. funny. It must. <laughs> it's it timed. Must, um, <laughs> it is, but it's it was actually sent out two hours ago, which means that, that they must automatically like taper the send. So well, I think. I and, may, and it could just be that this is when it popped up on my... There's oh, a delay. Yeah, in my, in, my, in my notifications or something. Oh, God, I've got notifications going all over the place. All right. Okay, so now we're going to Wolf's Wisdom. We'll talk about the chapter. There we start the chapter. Ooh. Now they're riding, they're following the ridge line that angled off towards the east. Let me check my map. What the hell? All right. Oh my God. It won't. Are you trying to look at the map too? Yeah. <laughs> ah, we're rolling each other. We're fighting each other. Are we? Anyway. Oh. No, well, I don't know. It's probably just my mouse. <laughs> <laughs> so they're following the ridge line that angled off toward the east. Uh, so they're somewhere in between the town of Xor in the what? So they're in the wasteland of Muros, heading towards Rexol. So they're somewhere where that yellow line is, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the on the south side of that yellow line, heading towards Rakthol, because they're getting pretty close, because they start to see like the, the outline, like it's a mountain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, they're getting pretty close. They're getting closer and closer to Rakthol, and as they're traveling, the wind shifts and starts to blow from the south, from where the the volcano is and they can see this storm like building these really dark dark clouds over the mountains coming coming over the mountains towards them barrack says oh it's a bad storm and belgrade says no nah, it's no storm that's ashfall so the same way that same thing that happened when they were in 
this tour when all the ash came down and everyone lost their freaking minds. Mm-hmm. Um, not our guys, but like the because they're historians, the 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 Nissans <laughs> lost their freaking minds. So that's happened again. So there's been some sort of you know eruption. And Barrack's like, well, at least it'll hide us, you know, we won't have to. Yeah. You know, it's probably not a pleasant thing to walk in. Imagine not. It's like like that stuff is poisonous, like all the gas and stuff from volcanic eruptions. It's not just like dust. Yeah. That that'd be an interesting experience to breathe in some volcanic. Your face. Um, yeah, I can't imagine it's not good on the lungs, but they have the cover of this ash, you know. But Belgrath knows that they have the Grolems can use their other senses to detect them. So he asks Aunt Pool to, you know, protect the group with her um, abilities. So that the Grolems can't sense them either. Yeah, it's to shield the group. Mm-hmm. And she points out that it's a whole group of people. I can't do that on my own. You know, she. And I need horses. you. Yeah, and horses. So she wants him to help. He's like, you need to help me. And he's kind of like, no, I got to lead the group and pay attention to everything else. I can't do that. So have Gary and help you do it. And the reason he said no, that he has to do other things, is um, he can feel Kutuchik looking for them himself. Like it's not just random Grolems looking for the group. Kutuchik is looking for them. And so Belgrath's on Kutuchik duty. <laughs> yeah. So Aunt Paul continues to talk to Garen about what he has to do because she thinks that he's never done it before. He shouldn't have to do it right now. Isn't a good time to try to teach him. But Belgrass kind of like, you know, when's a better time for him to learn than when it, we really need it, you know? Mm-hmm. So she does finally say, okay, and explains to him, like, you have to um, just imagine the sand, like picture the sand in your mind and that's he thinks that's it. He's like, oh, that's not too hard. And then he imagines that um, he he p- builds a picture of the sand and rock in his mind. <laughs> and and Alan Paul's like, no, 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 no. You got to think about black sand, like the sand dots all around us, not white sand. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> She thinks she thinks that's stating the obvious. She shouldn't have to say that, but you know, exactly. She doesn't say why he needs to picture the sand, though. She just says, "I mean, I don't think she did." She just tells well, them, I guess it's kind of implied in the context of the conversation. But like, if it's new and you're unsure and you're panicking, and you've never seen black sand before, if this is the first time you've been in black sand. You say some someone says to me, "Imagine sand." I'm going to imagine golden sand of Queensland Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Belgrath chuckles a little bit, you know, at that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, he thinks it's funny, <laughs> but he does manage to get the vision of the the correct sand, and um, she wants him to push the idea out into a half circle mm-hmm. so like that's his half and then she's going to take the other half and a whole circle that will shield them all of them yes like a dome uh-huh so it's interesting how it's explained that you know they're each of their halves they have each of their halves but then in the middle he can really like feel ant pole pushing against him their minds pushing against each other right there like they join in the middle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she explains to him which i thought was interesting too and she says don't push quite so hard gary and you're wrinkling it and it's very hard for me to make the seam match when you do that just keep it mm-hmm. steady and smooth yes 
So, you know, it's just stuff that the regular mind doesn't think about if you were to do something like this. You push too hard, you wrinkle the... Mm -hmm. The thought, the image. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so he does it and and she's like, oh, yep, that's not too bad. And Gary's like, oh, cool, that's all there is to it? No. And then up Paul says, <laughs> now we're going to extend it to cover all of us. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so by the time they finish that, he's torn the idea a few times and then he feels this merging and, yeah, it's all done. And Belgrade's like, told you he could do it. Told you he could do it. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> The cloud, the ducks, the dark clouds are coming towards them. There's starting to be rumbles of thunder. So it's all a bit ominous. And they just keep heading towards Rakthol. Um, And the description of the storm is so wonderful. The way that they describe the, the continuous rumbling and the boiling clouds and the, the smell of the lightning. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, everything just kind of churning around and, oh, it feels, I could feel it in the icy air, like this, oh. Yeah. Beautiful contrast. It is. It's very good description. And this next bit's funny. Like they travel for a while. Garen's holding the, his half of the shield. By the end of the first hour, it's easy. <laughs> and by the end of the second hour, it's a bit boring. Yeah. his mind wanders then to the skeleton that they passed when they first arrived in the wasteland the sea monster (laughs) yeah sea monster and damp pool is um telling him please don't try to be creative with this because (laughs) there's only half of it because you're imagining it, but I'm not. So they're only going to see half of these bones and wonder what the heck. Yeah. Uh, they obviously know that it's just an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> so, so oh, Garion, just keep it simple, Garion. Don't embellish. So they're riding and they've got like cloth over their faces to keep so they don't choke on the ash. Mm-hmm. And, um, Gary feels a push, just a little push against the image, against the shield. And it's like a flutter. It's described as a flutter against his mind, like like tadpoles in his hand, mm-hmm. which is a very good description, I think. That's the Grollums. Um, it's a Grollum trying to find them. But it, the shield holds and the Grollum's mind moves on. And then they, they, they spend another night and Gary and Aunt Paul then take turns because they're not moving anymore. So it's easy to hold the shield. And Gary's got the practice now. So they take turns holding the shield over each other, over the group. And the next morning, the ash was clearing out a little bit. So they're more concerned because they'll be more visible now about that extra cover so they decide they really need to hurry and and get moving um and this is when also that the ash is starting to clear they start to make out the image of rack Mm -hmm. oh here we get some distance we get some specifics so they want to hurry before the ash fall finishes because it's a place that belgrath knows they can hide about five miles north of the city okay okay and um he wants to get there before the ash fall finishes because you can see for like 10 leagues in any direction from the walls of Raxol. so basically Raxol is a city on top of a mountain like, mm-hmm. like one of the, like the tallest mountains around <laughs> massive it's like mass huge 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 massive almost unimaginably like big Mm-hmm. even a, even though it's on top of a mountain then on top of that it also has like extremely high walls exactly exactly right 
it's all black and ugh, scary and spiky and um and so the next day they ride they like really get at it and Gary and Apollo are still holding the shield but the pushes of the searchers is coming more frequently now yeah um Paul's like we are they're trying to penetrate the screen hold it firm uh, so Aunt Paul knows what to do if they break through, but she needs to warn Garion. Yeah, she tells him, you know, the Grolins are trying to get them by surprise. Um, if one of them is going, if one of them breaks through, she tells Garion, when I tell you to stop, you need to let go of the connection. Just stop it. Forget about it. Think about something else. Let it go. And he doesn't quite understand that. She's like, you just have to do it. Um, and he wants to help, but she says, no, not this time. It's too dangerous. So they keep riding on uh, this. I liked this description right here of the sun, where he says, um, they rode on, the ashfall grew even thinner, and the sky overhead turned a hazy yellowish blue. The ball of the sun pale and red like a full moon appeared not far above the southwestern horizon. I could just imagine that. You've seen the sun behind haze. It's like here when we had the fires, that haze mm -hmm. that the smoke creates and the sun just comes this like crazy bright circle in the sky. You don't see any, like on a clear day, it looks like a, like a blur. Probably because, probably because you can actually look at it because yeah. it's so covered it doesn't hurt your eyes so you're more yeah yeah you also see the shape of it more clearly because mm. when it's a clear day it looks more just like this bright blurry yeah yep. light <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly with the haze you just see the perfect it looks like a moon it's this perfect circle and so yeah i just like it could I could see that really clearly where he described oh, it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then Aunt Paul yells, Gary and stop. Uh-huh. There, there was hey. a push that felt more like a sharp stab. At the at the the shield, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Gary tries to he sort of throws his mind away. <laughs> that would be hard to do, you know, like yeah. being able to just I guess when you're just learning something like that to just suddenly have to throw your mind off of what you're doing well it's interesting like you think about what uh, Paul and Gary are doing mm -hmm. they're creating an illusion for other minds to see we walk through our lives creating an illusion of us of our lives that other minds perceive like we, we, we look with our eyes, but we see with our minds. Mm -hmm. So I take in the information my eyes see and my mind sees it in a particular way. It'll, some things will be clearer. Some things will show up more because the filters that I look through make that so. Uh, so... At all of our lives, we're walking through this life with the shield that we have generated. Yes, like, like you experience, the only way you can experience everything in your outer world in this life is through your thoughts. Yes. You know, if you didn't have any thoughts, there would be nothing to experience. Yeah. Like, and you think about how people attack us, they attack us by jabbing into our shield to penetrate it with their thought to make us think that they're, you know, like that's the, that's the attack in every single instance. There's a, there's a, like a, an intrusion that way. It's much more common than physical attack. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah, that's why I liked this chapter, because I was seeing a lot of that, like you were just explaining, parallel to the way we live and what Gary and Aunt Poole are doing with mm -hmm. their minds. And I mm -hmm. guess I'm just speak from my own personal 
And I think I, I am getting better at it, but the idea of you have your focus on this thing, like he's focused on this shield. And then all of a sudden somebody yells at you, you have to stop focusing on that right now. And it's like, okay. And then trying to divert it super quick. Um, <laughs> like it, 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 it's something that I used to teach you in, in like my, the first personal growth class, energy awareness class of a new group. One of the exercises or one of the comments or conversations we would always have is now don't think of a purple monkey. Now, don't think about a purple monkey. <laughs> There's no way that you cannot yeah. think about the purple monkey now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, telling someone, like, it's, it's mum, mummy, mumhood 101, like misdirection 101. You talk about the thing that you want the attention on, not the thing you don't want the attention on. <laughs> yeah. It's really true. So, you know, parenthood, is, <laughs> right? you, ma you master that eventually. It takes some time. Yeah. So, so maybe, maybe instead of stop, you know, don't think about Santa Rock, the instruction should have been stop, go within or something like that. Like to pull your, pull his thoughts back into himself. Like maybe that would have been better instruction. Yeah, it's true. It is because you tell him to just stop. And he doesn't really know where to go. He's like, well, okay. He's like trying to throw his focus thoughts on something away, else. But... Yeah. <laughs> uh, but of course, he can't disconnect. He can't detach from Paul. And so she follows the mind that has broken the shield back to its source. And he travels with her. And he can feel the whole thing, you know, their their joined minds they lash out like like a whip. It says, flash, follow this thought back. And then once Aunt Paul's sure that that's where it is, she just strikes into this mind of the Grollum um, that had been attacking them. And she, it's like she pours all of her energy into his mind until it's just poof, insanity. Mm -hmm. And he just, he runs, he, well, all that Gary knows is that he gets an image of a lot of rock and then a lot of screaming and then a lot of splatting. Yeah. So she drove the girl mad and he ran off the edge of wherever he was. Off the top of Rexall. I'd say so. And what I find interesting, like what I find really cool about this little bit is that it's not often we get to see exactly what Paul does. Mm -hmm. And this is pretty fucking awful, this thing that she does and is capable of. And so, you know, it, it's kind of a little window into, into what she is capable of because it's not spoken about very often, not, not blatantly like this. Yeah. I mean, based on the descriptions of her or like what I've seen of her, um, it doesn't seem like something like this to me doesn't seem very unlikely. Like she's very mm. capable of this kind of power uh -huh. and has used yeah. it many times. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, it's it's kind of to that thought of like, you know, that to them, he's the bad guy. You know, he's yeah. the danger and they they would kill them probably if they found yes. him. So you yeah. have to defend yourself, but yeah. Is well, it I like think I'm not it's not so much that it's a dreadful thing that she's done, it's a it is a dreadful thing, but the a lot of the time it's like it's skated over the top of mm -hmm. her the intricacies of her power or the what's actually happening when she when she uses her power. We don't often get a, a full little picture of what's going on. I like it. Yeah. It is cool to see inside of her head what's happening. And, you know, Gary knows now. He's like, I guess I won't mess with her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he might be. <laughs> but 
<laughs> they come back and arm holes cross with him because he followed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Again, it's like, well, you know, I couldn't get loose. And then they, she says, you know, Grolin broke, broke through, but he didn't see us. Well, he did see us, but it doesn't matter because he's dead. He forgot to defend himself. I followed his thought back and Gary's like, oh, he went crazy. Mm-hmm. He jumped off something very high. He wanted to jump. <laughs> so, and, and, and Belgrad's comment is that was awfully noisy, Paul. Mm-hmm. You haven't been that clumsy in a long time. And she's like, well, yeah, well, I had this, you know, passenger. Gary actually says, you know, you were holding on so tight, I couldn't break loose. And um, Bell goes like, mm, yeah, well, okay. Um, yeah, you do that sometimes. And Paul's like, yep, yep, fair, fair, fair cop. And Bell goes like, well, you're gonna have to let go eventually. Yeah, but not today. She says, yep, not just yet. <laughs> that is um, kind of cool though that she owns up to this her fault. She's like, perhaps it was my fault. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but she tells Garen to think about sand again so they can keep mm-hmm. moving forward. And they get to that place then, right? The, they actually arrive at the place that Belgrath wanted to get to? Uh, yes. Yeah, so then it's from here that they're, they're really close now. So they see exactly that it's not, it's not just a mountain that's Rackthal, there's actually a city with these walls that are so tall. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. the the um yeah, and they make a comparison to Prolgu. I was trying to remember. Well, Prolgu was where the Ulgos were. And remember when they mm-hmm. went into the abandoned city that was on top? Yeah. It was on top of a really big mountain. They had to go up in the snow and Okay. Then they would descend it down into the where they lived inside the mountain. Right. So it was just okay. like a I liked the I like I like that it's like the you know the good and the bad kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. those opposites almost. Yeah. The difference though, the big difference is that Katuchik lives here in yes. this place. So and I like the reference here of because he calls him Bulgaria, um, Belgrath calls him Katuchik the magician. Yes. And Garion asks, why do you keep calling him a magician? Yes. And then Belgrath explains that it's considered a deadly insult in our particular mm-hmm. society. Yeah. So does that mean he is a sorcerer? Yes. But they call him a magician just to be insulting? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so they settle in and... I just kind of contemplate the immensity and horror of this mountain city. city yeah. In front of them. And, you know, it took about, uh, you know, Belgrass, like it took a thousand years to build. And they used every slave the Nessons could put their hands on to build it. It's a horrible place built on misery mm-hmm. yeah it says that the wall seemed to bleed it was as if all the blood that had been spilled on all the altars of Torax since the world began had been gathered together to stain the de- the dread city above them that all the oceans in the world would not be enough to wash it clean again that's a hell of a sunset <laughs> Yep, end of the chapter. So, yeah, good chapter. It's the first real test of Garion's abilities, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, not the first. The first, I mean, he's done, what's he done? Like, he's had, that is, there's the cult. That was pretty huge. But this is the first, like, okay, do this kind of instructional, practical, real kind of 
it's not just theory. We're not just practicing. This is something that you have to do, like real life sorcery. Mm-hmm. It is. I was just you thinking have a about. Yeah, I do. I was just thinking about though, um, like in book two, it was all about like the voice being with him, but like separate from him. We haven't heard about the voice in a long time. Mm, no, we haven't. Is it because not like, since not since Olgo? I don't even know. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. I'll probably hear more about it later, but it just crossed my mind. Hmm. No, no. True. True. Okay. So, magic. Uh, my magic is Gary and feeling the touch of the golem's mind on his own. I imagine that must but, be a sen- strange sensation. Yeah, well, because it's a, it's he's used to art pole, I guess. That would be different. And my magic is art pole filling the golem's mind to insanity. I think that's awesome. A handy skill to have. And you need to save your life. We do it to people all the time. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about before. We use these powers all the time. We call it different things. Okay. Reality. What's your reality? Oh, um, I liked how Aunt Pole uh, owned up to that it might have been her fault with Gary in that she was holding on too tight. Because that's the classic thing as, as a parent is knowing when to, you know, admit that you're wrong. It's not easy. It's hard. As, as the adult, you feel like you always have to be right. But there's times where you're like, oh, shit, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. And then but the mommy actually let them know. That's the huge. Oh, it's huge, you know, massive. Huge part, yeah. And um, my reality is holding on too tight to children. Oh. That's really hard to mm-hmm. letting them make mistakes, letting them do things that you know is going to really hurt. Yeah, it is hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, prophecy speaks. I'm, I'm fine to go first. How are you feeling? I'm doing good. Um, I will probably need to go on like 15 though so that I have time to eat lunch before getting them, picking them up. Okay. Um, you do yours first then. Come on. All right. Um, my prophecy speaks is what do you, the universe, want me to know about my break in writing? Because I've been having another break again. Uh, it's been several weeks now, uh, and I'm asking this because I can still feel a little bit of guilt, I guess, for not writing that often or not feeling inspired to write. I'm beginning to wonder if the, the writing thing is like my purpose, I guess. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. Okay. What book are you using? Stephen King on writing. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I was to say on writing by Stephen King. Yeah. Oh, I opened up to a page I marked and highlighted. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, but Stevie, he said, bending to grasp the handles. I didn't know what else I might find to do once I got out here, did I? It's best to have your tools with you. If you don't, you're apt to find something you didn't expect and get discouraged. I want to suggest 
that to write your best abilities, it behooves you to construct your own toolbox and then build up enough muscle so you can carry it with you. Then instead of looking at a hard job and getting discouraged, you will perhaps seize the correct tool and get immediately to work. Uh, Baza's toolbox has three levels. I think that yours should have at least four. You could have five or six, I suppose, but there comes a point where a toolbox becomes too large to be portable and thus loses its chief virtue. Um, you also want all those little drawers for your screws and nuts and bolts and where you put those drawers and what you put in them. Well, that's your little red wagon, isn't it? You'll find you have most of the tools you need already, but I advise you to look at each one again as you load it into your box. Try to see if each one, it try to see each one new, remind yourself of its function, and if some are rusty, clean them off. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's time to revisit your toolbox, babe. Just because you always have done something some way doesn't mean you've got to continue to do it that way. Might need some revamping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really, so I said, what do you want me to know about my break in writing? Uh, or maybe that is what you are doing and that is why you're having a break. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I feel like the answer is, is obviously the whole toolbox thing, but also just in the simple line of, I want to suggest that you write to your best abilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's different every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll just keep doing that and understanding maybe this is just the period of my life that may pass too and the inspiration will come back. Like you can't discount the fact that there's a lot going on in your life right now, darling. Mm -hmm. That impacts everything else. It's, it's silly to think that it won't. Yeah. It's all okay. fuel. Tuck it in your toolbox. Yep. Is in that okay? Toolbox. Yeah, it's good. All right. Okay, so my question is what um, the voice about my book covers, about these fabulous, amazing book covers that I think are awesome today. The voice of doubt is whispering just quietly about my new book covers what is your opinion universe and i'm using entering the castle finding the inner path to god and your soul's purpose by carolyn mace because she's awesome she is i feel like i'm saying awesome a lot I haven't noticed <laughs> we relate to the cosmos as something we must constantly try to manipulate and outsmart Books and seminars instruct people to focus, focus, focus their thoughts and their positive energies on simple seven-step or three-step or one-step methods that guarantee financial success, finding a soulmate and recovering health. We're told that anything we want can be ours if we find the right mental alchemical formula. Even though many thousands of people if not millions at this point, have tried to create their own universes through easy steps or positive attitudes, I've not seen evidence that they succeeded. The popularity of such teachings is a testimony to the fact that our culture practices psychic narcissism, which has become an obsession. <laughs> the rational mind not only questions the soul's existence, it views faith as a liability. So it will try to impede your spiritual journey with one obstacle after another. Your mind demands a logical reason for surrender and also wants a guarantee that such an act of spiritual alchemy will not lead you to financial loss or ruin. 
Individuals who awaken to a thirst for God after having been brought up with an arid, logical, punitive God will have trouble surrendering. Such a mystical act is anathema to most Westerners' basic theology, which sees human beings as having dominion rather than stewardship over all other life. There's something in here. I want some sort of guarantee that what I'm doing will not lead me to financial loss. Mm -hmm. yeah, and that stops me from letting, and it stops me from letting go. That's <laughs> the little section that was calling out to me too. Based on what we talked about earlier, just. So, so what do I, hang on. A little bit before that too. Hmm. The rational mind not only questions the soul's existence, it views faith as a liability. So it will try to impede your spiritual journey with one obstacle after another. Yeah, that was it. Okay. So didn't I say earlier, it's either going to be don't do this or a smack upside the head and say, just get on with it. That was my just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Okay. What is your prediction for the next chapter? Last week you said more dangers lie on the path ahead, something bigger than Murgos and Grollums. Garen will have a moment to show off his powers to the others again, which are getting stronger. Did you read ahead again? No, I promise I did not. Because that's pretty good. It was just Grollum's, but it was pretty, mm -hmm. like it was more than, it was bigger yeah. than what they faced so far. Yeah, I mean, that, that ash smoke stuff is pretty big too. Oh, that's true. Very true. Uh, okay. okay, you get you get you get it. You got it. What's next week? Next week they will reach the destination. Well, meaning Rexel. Um, mm -hmm. actually the mountain. Because I imagine that's a long journey up to the city, but so I think this is the place where we're gonna see Relg again, maybe with the rock and all mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Leave them underneath to get up into the city or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the hashtag for this episode is bleeding walls. I liked the description of Rexel. Yes, it's fantastic. Um, and that's the end of the show. And we're going to wrap it up really quickly because Alicia has to go and she has a headache. And so we're going to be really kind and love her. And you will find all the extended show notes and links to all the things on our website, belgariedandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. So head over to check it out and throw this episode's hashtag into a comment below the show notes and sign up to our mailing list while you're there. You can leave a voice message for us. There will be a link for that as well. And if you want to read some of the chat other fans of the show are posting, you can follow us on Patreon. And, yep, all of you can do that. You don't have to be a, a paying subscriber to stay up to date with our public posts there. You can click on the Patreon link in the show notes, scroll down to underneath the tier description, and you'll see a follow button. You just click on that and you're all sorted. And as always, you can email belgariadandbeyond at gmail.com with all of your questions and comments. The Belgariad and Beyond podcast is an indie production. The two best ways for you to show your support is to go and leave us a review on iTunes. That would be really super cool, guys. Or become a patron. Not, or both. <laughs> and thank you so much to our patrons. Your patronage allows us to like it pays for our Zoom and the website hosting. And it doesn't sound like much, but it's freaking huge. So thank you so much. Patrons get to do things like comment on our posts. They get access to bonus episodes of Before the Show where we get a lot more personal. 
and some full uncut videos of every episode which has just everything in it <laughs> and um you also have the chance to have a private prophecy speak session with alicia and i so you can find out more about that at patreon.com forward slash belgarid and beyond and there'll be a link in the show notes so you don't have to remember all of that and um, head over and find out but um thanks for sticking with us everyone yeah, I hope you guys have an amazing week. See you next week. See you then, everyone.